0: Friday and Welcome to Minute 60 of The Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into The Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again to finish off this week is Dana Nachman, award-winning documentary director. Welcome back, Dana. Thank you so much. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun talking about The Great Escape all week, and we're now going to get to finish off the week. Nice. Continuing our conversation about with Werner and, and Henley. So minute 60 starts with uh, Werner explaining why he only has 19 merit badges and goes all the way until Werner is concerned that he might be seen. Yesterday we were talking about uh you know the the discussion that the two of them were having and they 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 touched upon the the whole idea of the the boy scouts. As as I mentioned, I was a little surprised to hear that there actually were boy scouts in Germany at any point. Obviously you know, once 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 the war broke out, obviously it wasn't going to continue. So I, I did a little bit of research on this, and it actually shocked me what I what I learned. I mean, I learned that the the scouts started both in America and in Germany in 1910, huh. and it was uh, you know it was it was a prominent youth organization all the way until in, until it was it was banned in 1936 by the Nazi Party because they didn't want to allow any type of youth organizations besides their own. Basically, the, the whole debate between the two of them about the number of merit badges, it, it's actually quite fascinating, because according to the Boy Scout charter, someone who has 21 merit badges is considered an Eagle Scout, which is uh, the highest ranking scout you can be. There are seven different ranks that a scout can be, they can be a, a scout, a tenderfoot, second class, first class, star scout, life scout, and eagle scout, where they get all these different uh, merit badges along the way and stuff like that. The The, the choice of the screenwriter to, to have the debate between 19 and 20, it, it goes to show, I mean, obviously they didn't have Wikipedia back then, so they can look it up themselves about how many merit badges one needs to become an eagle scout.
1: <laughs> right.
0: The, the fact that they're one-off from getting the highest rank is is uh, pretty coincidental, you know?
1: Yeah, that's uh, definitely uh, attention to detail there. That's the problem when I'm writing any screenplays or anything like that. I get so in the weeds of these things. I go down these, like, rabbit holes of information, and then I don't resurface. That's why I'm not a good screenwriter, right. and I stick to directing.
0: But <laughs> but that's also, you know, you're talking 60 years ago. right. You know, nowadays you you can you can hire someone to do all the research, and you know they can they can do it online, or you can do it yourself. You know, back then it right. was it was a little more complicated. To, uh, Maybe
1: the writer was a uh, was in the you know the organization.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. But Probably. They, so, th- I mean, the whole debate yesterday was between you know nineteen and twenty. They were trying to one up the other, you know, by saying that they you know. Yeah. By Werner saying, I have 19, and he goes, oh, well, I had 20. And he goes, oh, I was working on my 20th when the government abolished scouting. And then this minute begins the continuation of that that conversation, where he basically starts off by saying, well, I was, you know, once they abolished the the scouting, and I, they sent me to the Hitler Youth instead. So that made me start wondering, I mean, Robert Graff, who plays the, you know, who plays the character of Werner, we, we, we've we've... So we touched upon it a little bit this week, you know, how old Werner is supposed to be. You know, at one point, you know, a little later on in a week or two, Henley's going to say, oh, that, that, that kid's all mixed up. But, you know, first of all, James Garner is 10 years younger than Robert Graf is. Robert Graf is, is, is almost 40 at this point when they, when they made the movie. But he's supposed to be quite young because if he's, if he's mentioning the fact that he was in the Hitler Youth, you know, Hitler Youth was between the ages of 14 and 18. So right. even by saying that in 1936, he was 18. So I guess the, the maximum that he could be, I mean, this this movie takes place in 1944. So uh, let's say that he's, you know, 24, 25. I mean, he doesn't look that way, obviously. He does look a little no. older than that. So it, 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 makes, it makes me question why they would try to, why, why they would, you know, give this part to someone who looks a lot older because he doesn't look like he's he's a little, a young kid.
1: No, he doesn't. He kind of has a youthful face, though.
0: But, yeah, yeah. it's uh But, I mean, he's not in his early to mid-20s. You can tell that. No. You can tell yep. that quite easily by that. At this point, basically, Henley decides to, to change the subject a little bit and he and he starts talking about him. Okay, what are you, you going to do after the war's over? You know, it's, it's interesting that he's that he's bringing up, you know, here you have two adversaries in a uh, POW camp, and one of them says to the other, what are you going to do when this is all over? Meaning that, right. that they're thinking about the fact that, all right, this is something that, that, that will end soon, and we're going to all make it out alive, and we're going to, you know, continue with our lives, and what are you going to do? You know, are you going to become an army man? Are you going to stay in the army after the war or not? You know, Werner's Verner, response is well. No, I'm I'm not a well man, which doesn't really say much. I mean, you know, apparently he ha- must have some sort of medical condition. I mean, he says that his that he has problems with his teeth. You know, make, I'm not I'm not a dentist, or or have never even thought about what type of problems people have with their teeth. That would that would uh, say that someone in their 20s is not well.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, that's... I wonder also if that was his way of asking how, um, you know, trying to get him to say, uh, I'm not into the army anymore, you know, like trying to get information about him or to see how sympathetic he'll be to their cause. Right. I wonder if that's part, part of what he was doing yeah. also.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's no question that's what he was trying to do here. Yeah. You know, but the, the idea also is, is that, you know, the the guards that are in this prison camp are obviously not the elite of the elite. There's, there's a reason right. why they're there <laughs> right. so apparently right. because of his his medical issues you know whatever whatever problems he seems to have with his teeth
1: I know why would you choose teeth like wouldn't you say like I guess oh well I guess because he want he wants to portray that he's not cared for there right. yeah but he's
0: not cared for but 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 again it, it turns and then the question remains uh, why is he why was he placed in this camp was he placed there? Because he's not well, because he has problems, is he placed there because of, of connections that he has? And instead of, uh, you know, putting him in the the front, you know, they're going to put him, you know, in, in this right. cozy job, more or less, uh, <laughs> you know, guarding. Where he's you know, getting bribes. Exactly. He, just, <laughs> he gets chocolate and coffee and, and cigarettes. Right. Yeah, no, so it, it's just, it, it makes you wonder what exactly is... Is is the reason that that he's here in this camp, and then he he goes on a little bit of a diatribe about you know at, that he can tell him stories about his teeth, which right. which again I I don't want to hear stories about his teeth, you know what is, you know is it that he's got a lot of cavities is is that is that a reason for someone to you know be considered not well, you know back then, I don't know, I mean can you think yeah. of any reasons that that someone would you know, be complaining about their teeth?
1: I mean, maybe if he got like a, I mean, an infection, you know, he needed a root canal and he got an infection, but that seems like it's a temporary thing. It's not like a permanent condition. Right. So I I don't know. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a a very strange thing. It's a
0: very strange thing to bring up here. There's no question about that. I mean, obviously he couldn't say, oh, I have problems with my heart or whatever it is, you know, because any type of major medical issue, so then they wouldn't have, you know, enlisted him. You know, he he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been put in the army at that point. Right. You know, teeth is just a a, a very strange choice for, for, for him to to say. And then he starts going on about saying, and he says, uh, you know, I could tell you stories about my teeth that would make your hands stand on, hair stand on end. Yeah. Again, it doesn't really make much sense. And then, and then he blurts out something that he, he realizes that he shouldn't have said. He goes, even our dentist here is a butcher. You know, yeah. Which, which, first of all, it, it tells us that they that you know this this is a small camp, but they still have a dentist there. You know, we never we never right. see any of the the medical personnel from the German side. You know, we just see the guards yeah. and the and the officers and and uh, you know the ones that are running the camp. We we don't see that they have you know uh, auxiliary people with them. You know, they they must have a doctor. Apparently, they have a dentist also. You know, so. They, they do have things that are being taken care of even though they're in a small camp right so even this line says, says tells us a lot about about uh the conditions for the soldier for the for the guards in this type of camp you know the fact that they they have a dentist even though he's not happy about the dentist you know because he's a butcher right <laughs> and then he immediately goes okay oh, don't tell anyone i said that you know he starts getting a little he, he realizes that he. Going off a little, overshared a little too much, exactly. You
1: know,
0: yeah, a little bit of TMI.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, for sure.
0: And and then Henley actually has a very interesting comment to that. He goes, "Well, it's a soldier's right to complain." Right. Which reminded me from you know in, in you know there's there's a whole conversation in Saving Private Ryan about complaining. You know, they have the they're, they're it's towards the beginning when they're they're all walking and they're continuing on. You know, they're they're starting on their mission you know Rybin starts complaining about the fact that they you know that they're, that they're being sent on this mission uh, at that point Rybin says to to Miller he goes oh uh, he says captain what about you i mean you don't gripe at all and so Miller played by Tom Hanks his response is as well i don't gripe to you i'm a captain there's a chain <laughs> of command gripes go up not down always up you gripe to me i gripe to my superior officer and so on and so on and so on i don't gripe to you i don't gripe in front of you you should know that
1: that's so interesting. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so it, it's a great line because it does connect. Do you
1: media. think that's typical of of uh, military life? Because I, I do not know. Of course.
0: Yeah. Everyone, compl- everyone likes, it's not yeah. just military life. It's any life, any any part of life. You know, anyone. But makes-
1: actually, I think in like, in corporate life, you actually, it's the opposite. You complain, you wouldn't complain to your bosses because you'd be worried about it. You'd complain down, you know? No, but if
0: you need something, then you're going to complain up. Right, you are going to say, right. "Oh, well, you know, we, we we need more paper, you know, or whatever it right. is, you know, we or we need more funds for, for something." It, I, I right. don't know if complaint is the is the right term, but but you are you are going to be moving up in the chain of command when when you are right. when you are dealing with problems. Yes, because you don't you don't necessarily complain to the people below you that the people above you aren't doing what they need to do.
1: Yeah, you more like gripe to them. Yeah. You but you get stuff done with people above you exactly yeah and you certainly don't do it to the people who uh the prisoners that you're supposed to watch
0: yeah for sure <laughs> that that's uh definitely a no-no you know there are certain things that that, that you don't do for you know the the i mean obviously verner's whole conversation here is is a, is a big no-no he shouldn't be you know he's he, he shouldn't be giving away as much information as he's giving away you know right he, or just the, the the idea that that they're having this friendly conversation. They shouldn't be having this friendly conversation, you know, because then you, you deal with the whole uh, Stockholm sy- syndrome and things like that, you know, where, where, you know, they're, they're, they're going to get too friendly when, you know, they shouldn't be because sometimes, yeah, not good. sometimes guards need to do things that, you know, you can't be friends. I, I, right. I mean, next week he, he mentions the the line that he says, well, with you in the cooler, will we still be friends?
1: Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs>
0: So you know you have to you have to find the place to draw the line between friendship and you know whether a guard is is doing his duty and, right, and then Werners response, basically i i it's great because he goes he goes, well, maybe in your army, but not in ours, you know yeah, meaning, exactly, meaning in the German army, you don't complain. you do what they're told,
1: or you're sent off
0: exactly He goes one little criticism, and to the Russian front, not good, yeah. Not something that you want to do, and, and I love the way that he you know, jerks with his with his uh, thumb, you know, in the direction yeah. of all right. One little complaint, then you're gonna off to the Russian front.
1: Yeah, no bueno.
0: Exactly, and and Henley's response is is, is uh, he's feigning sympathy, but he's saying, is that so? Ooh, that's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: you know, yeah. I wouldn't
0: want to be in your army. That that's what they're doing. <laughs> Yes, and they're so
1: mean. Ours is much more
0: benevolent. Exactly, and and Werner actually acknowledges it, but he just uh, with with his with his head, you know, he, he nods in agreement, but doesn't really, you know, he's 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 being tight li- tight-lipped here. He, right. he realizes that he said a little too much, and doesn't want yes. really, to uh, continue with it. And then Henley starts uh, walking around the room, smoking a cigarette. And then he calls uh, Werner over and says, oh, well, why don't, why don't we go into our room?
1: He's continuing the seduction. Exactly. From la- from Seriously. Yesterday.
0: <laughs> Ex- from, yeah. from earlier this week. He started with, you know, he started with the cigarettes. He started blowing smoke in his face. And now he wants to get him in the room.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, he goes, we can, we can basically, let's go in the room because we can talk more carefully. <laughs> and basically, Werner's response is, well, I better not because, uh, you know, if, if Strachwitz, my superior, sees me, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for that. Right. So we we see that 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 he's concerned about getting caught about doing this. I mean, as as we'll see next week, he's apparently not that concerned, <laughs> but he at, right. least, he at least shows concern at this point. Before they continue to tempt him into you know doing more and getting out of there. Right. So I mean, it that this whole minute is basically just a conversation between or it ends the conversation between the two of them you know, out in the common area. But it, it's also quite insightful because they, they give us a taste of, you know, how the the prisoners would, would butter up the guards in order to get information from them. I mean, according to the, to the real story, that, that did happen. They would have prisoners that it was their job to go and butter up the guards and, and, and uh, glean information from them, you know, whenever they could.
1: Yeah, I mean that kind of just having conversations is probably one one of the best intel you can get.
0: Exactly, even just to find yeah. out, oh, well, where do you live, and oh, uh, how long does it take you to get home by, by train? You know, just to to get a little bit of an idea as to where they are, or you know, other bits of information that you can get just by having a casual conversation. Right. So, I mean, obviously, we've we've discussed a number of days this week. Uh, this this whole conversation between them basically a three minute scene this this conversation in the hallway which probably in in a modern movie they would cut that down three minutes is is a pretty long time to, to have this type of conversation but but it is effective in showing how you know how he's getting this information
1: yeah oh yeah for sure and he's he's such a good actor and, you know, you just kind of walk, want to watch him do this, you know, and the fact that they made it kind of a, you know, information, but a seduction is really clever. You know, can the more sophisticated the storytelling in that perspective, the longer you can go. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. So you have anything else that since we're, we're done with, with the minutes that, that we're discussing, is there anything else about the movie that you, that you want to d- discuss a little bit about?
1: Um, let's see. I mean, the thing that I liked one of the most about this film wasn't in my five minutes, <laughs> sadly. Which was um, the the music. I just thought was
0: so great. Well, there is music um, in it, these five minutes.
1: Oh, that's true. But yeah. that's it's uh it wasn't part of the score. Um, so the score was done so interestingly, and I think really set the tone for the entire film. You know, it made it. Uh, you know, obviously had a patriotic um, bit to it, but was also very funny you know and it created this whimsy to it and I think that that's obvious in a lot of ways that the director didn't want it to be a dark um depressing movie I mean if you think about like tonally it could have been a very different movie um even with the script that they had so I think the music was a big part of it uh and and I I loved that about this film yeah
0: because the the 100% I mean the music by by uh that that they have here it, it, it uh, constantly changes from being, you know, a funny tone to a somber tone to an adventurous tone. You know, it, it jumps around and, and it, right. it gets you into the mood of that type of of uh, of the, that type of scene that's going on. You know, you right. can even have right. you can even have a scene where, you know, part of the conversation, you know, they, they touch upon somber things. So there's somber music and then, you know, something upbeat happens and then the music completely changes direction along the way
1: yes yeah
0: and they really they, they, they do it amazingly no great. it was great I'm, I'm still i'm still shocked that that elmer bernstein wasn't nominated for anything for the music that he did in this movie at the i know
1: at i know we should go back and listen to the scores of the oscar winners of that year because it's so crazy like i wonder what did win you know
0: yeah i mean that that's obviously easy to for us yeah to see, yep to see what did win but I'm, yes, I'm, I'm just talking about the fact that it wasn't even nominated. I mean I know, but just to movie, go listen
1: to the other scores to yeah. see I mean, this movie wow. the
0: only thing that it was nominated for uh, for an Oscar is was for film editing. And obviously it deserved that. There's no question about that. Okay, the the scores that year, there there were two uh categories. So there's uh-huh. one that's best musical score substantial original, substantially original. I don't really know. I guess it huh. means that okay, it's so you have Tom Jones, 55 Days of Peking, Cleopatra, How the West Was Won, and It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World. Tom wow. Jones won that. Huh. And, ooh, this is interesting. It, it, the the composer, John Addison, was not at the awards. And who accepted it in his place? Elmer Bernstein. Oh. That's
1: nice of him to go and not boycott because he didn't get
0: Exactly. Wow. Dominated. That's very interesting. And then the the second...
1: I would have boycotted.
0: <laughs> so then the second category was best musicals, best music scoring of music or adaptation or treat, treatment. And those were Irma La Douche, A New Kind of Love, Bye Bye Birdie, Sundays and, and Sybil, and The Sword in the Stone. And the winner of that was uh, Irma La Douche. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us this week. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Thank you. This was uh, my first uh, minute-by-minute experience.
0: I hope it's the first of many.
1: Yes, me too. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll I'll put the word out, or actually, people will hear this and they'll they'll know that, that they can uh, you know contact Dana Nachman and she'll she'll gladly join <laughs> on the movies by minute to be able to to discuss any movie they want to talk about.
1: That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Should you want to once again tell people how they can get in contact with you?
1: Sure. Um, my email is, uh, or actually, my website is dana nachman n a c h m a n dot com, and you can contact me through there.
0: All right, great. While you're doing that, you can uh, rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using to listen to this show. Our email address is thegreatminute at gmail Our Facebook group is the Cooler. Our website is thegreatescapeminute.com. and our Twitter account is Great Escape MXM. So. Until Monday, tally-ho.
1: Tally-ho.